They say winning ain't everything. Well, we don't have them tight conversations over here, man. Had that conversation with the losers. We trying to win at everything we do. Even in the loss, we don't see defeat. We see a lesson learned. Straight up. Look, I came into this world in 1978 The doc looked me in my face and knew I was something great 45-42 Prescott, that's where I'm from Grew up in the slums around dope dealers and bums As humble as I was, I adapted to my habitat In my own lane though, far from where they crashing at Dumb bar graduate, the game out of mastered it Served in the Navy, look, y'all don't know the half of it Pops passing no one, moms passed last year I know they up in heaven smiling down crying mad tears Cause they son making it, no telling where I'm taking it My city been cursed, but I feel that I'm breaking it Coach that went high in 15 in one state Seen the fork in the road and went straight I know what I'm worth. I'm OG King Kirk, Brooklyn Nets gaming crew legend. Let's work. Hey, this is OG King Kirk, your host of the OG Two Cents podcast. Want to thank each and every one of you who tune, continue to tune in every Sunday. We truly appreciate it. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button, like, comment, and share it. Uh, give us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts. Helps us out a lot. Links are in the description for all available streaming platforms. Make sure you continue to stand against any forms of social injustice and racism. And this episode is brought to you by Zenny Blocks. Make sure to armor your eyes with Zenny Blocks virtually clear blue blockers. It's important to protect your eyes from the harmful blue light from your digital screen so you'll have less eye strain and that makes for better sleep and performance. Check them out at zenny.com slash gaming or follow them at Zenny Gaming on Twitter and Instagram. This episode is episode 48, getting to know Pete Cross. Well, he's Pete, Pete Cross to us. Uh, Pat, his mama named him Patrick. He's <laughs> Patrick Crossing. Uh, he's, uh, you know, not from the notorious uh, throwdown pro-am team, uh, very iconic. Uh, they were in a 2017 Road to All-Stars uh, PS4 champions. Uh, I actually remember watching that because I was coaching high school basketball at the time and we were getting ready to come out and I was watching it on my phone. <laughs> so uh, it was a very interesting time back then. Uh, some of the alum from Throwdown is Kyle Rudy. Let's ball up. Is also the head coach, a championship head coach for Knicks Gaming. Uh, Moody, who's been a player in the league. Uh, Chuck, who's been around still. I've seen lurking and playing program again. Insanity who's also been a player in the league and the coach for Lakers gaming. Now, Jonah Edwards, known as Daddy Jonah uh, on the Pro-Am scene. Uh, he's been a coach in the league uh, for a while now, coach for Mavs GG, and now he's with the Magic Gaming. Uh, and Dev Goss, who's been a league player on multiple teams. Uh, that, that's a, a very stout roster. Uh, but Patrick as P. Cross. He's the te championship team manager and coach for the season three champions, uh, Worcester District Gaming. Uh, without further ado, Pete Cross, how are you doing today? Kurt, thanks for having me on, man. I I'm good. It's just, uh, you know, it feels good to hear you say season three champs. Uh, it's still, uh, it still feels like it hasn't hit yet. And, and I mean, we're about to prepare for season four. So, um, you know, it's just been a crazy experience the past year and, like you said, just overall throwdown, all the players involved, the coaches. It's uh, 
you know, really unique that we still get to do this and, and you know, we're paid to, to do this and, you know, we're professionals now. So right. it's, it's a great feeling. Hey, so surreal. I, I, I'm sure. I mean, you know, especially when I get the naming off all the names uh, and just watching it and seeing where everybody's went and where they came from. Uh, talk about Throwdown a little bit before we get into the episode. Yeah, so Throwdown, you know, we started years ago uh, on a site called Game Battles. You know, they held seasons and they held tournaments and leagues. Um, so it was really unique. I was playing Game Battles before Throwdown was officially created uh, with a couple of people I knew that I played basketball with growing up. And then surprisingly enough, Insanity, you know, Chris, the Lakers coach, him and I went to high school together and we sat right, right next to each other in advisory. We had probably three, four classes a year together. Uh, so we've been good friends for a while. And, you know, we started playing game battles and, you know, competing in NBA 2K uh, tournaments and leagues. And I think the way it is, is, you know, I think Dev Goss posted something on the message boards, like looking for a team. And he was like, hey, I got one. And so then that's kind of how all we all started. And we started talking to each other, started playing with each other. And then, you know, over the years, we started adding people, Moody, you know, Jonah, Rudy, um, because they were with another team at the time. So it's just unique that 2K can bring people together from all over across the U.S. Obviously, now it's international, too. Um, and, you know, I had never met those guys for except Chris, you know, for years. We were just playing the game till 3, 4 a.m. every night. <laughs> Um, and then once I finally met them in person, it, it was just like, you know, I knew them my whole life. So I, I think gaming's a, a great experience to, to bring people together. And, um, you know, I'm thankful for those connections and they'll always be my friends for life. No, that's dope. Uh, I mean, kind of, you know, like me and LT and West and, and, and famous and, and everybody uh, from the 2K community that has evolved. Uh, kind of rewind it back a little bit and, Tell us your story on how you got to where you are today. I mean, it's so interesting because esports is so new. I feel like we're on the, the ground floor. Um, you know, I, I grew up, I'm sure, similar to a lot of people in the 2K League. Uh, I was a big sports fan growing up, you know, played basketball and baseball my whole life. Uh, my dad was a coach. My grandfather was a coach. Um, you know, I coached at Athletic Association, Briarcliff Athletic Association when I was growing up. So naturally, I was there all the time. You know, my dad's coaching practice. Uh, my grandfather was a president for a couple of years there. And he really did every single job that you could think of. I mean, he would, you know, pick up the trash. He would, um, you know, do all the, the yard work with the fields and make sure they were pristine for baseball season, uh, clean the gym. So for him, like sports were uh, such a big influence on his life. And he passed that down to my father passed that down to me. And, you know, I remember him taking me to, uh, you know, when he would, you know, uh, mow the baseball field and, and you know, kind of uh, make sure the dirt was perfect and he would let me ride the tractor. So uh, from a young age, I had always loved sports growing up because it was a connection between obviously us, connection between my father. Um, and, you know, I, I, I love basketball growing up. I, I don't think I was ever really good at it. You know, being five foot eight, I was actually a center uh, in middle school which is kind of funny to say. I think I was five foot eight in eighth grade. So I haven't grown since. Um, but I always love, you know, playing, playing big and, and playing center, playing down low. Obviously in high school that changed because, you know, everyone else is growing, you know, taller than me. And, and I was kind of the short guy. 
Um, but it still continued basketball. Just absolutely loved the game. Uh, got, got to watch Allen Iverson play when I was a kid. I mean, that was, you know, you see a guy who's maybe six foot on a good day going against, you know, seven footers. And he's literally playing with passion and he's playing his heart out there, and, you know, giving it his all. So uh, basketball has been instilled for me from an early age um, of just being a passionate game, being a game of teamwork and, and competitiveness. Um, so that's kind of how I, I've learned to love basketball. And then I'd say probably more in high school, I picked up video gaming and, you know, NBA 2K was around 2009 was when I, I really got into 2K. Uh, a couple of friends were playing and they were playing on that game battles website I mentioned earlier. And, you know, just absolutely love the game since it was basketball and I've been playing it my whole life. Um, so that's kind of how I got involved with the game. And then over the years, took a little bit more competitively. Like you said, the, the tournament prize monies were, you know, they started picking up over the years. And then, you know, take two interactive, the creators of NBA 2K, the publisher, um, came out with those $250,000 tournaments. And, you know, once you start seeing you know, that big money involved, it's like this, this can be an actual thing. So that, that's kind of a little bit briefly of my story of how I've got involved with sports and, and video games. Okay. So, and then how, uh, what, what was the process like uh, becoming a team manager and coach for Wizards District Games? Yeah. So I was probably halfway uh, through the player process of trying out for the draft pool in season one. Um, I applied to a couple of manager head coaching jobs um, from the league uh, the Wizards were the first team to offer me something and you know being on the older end of it uh, you know which is funny older for for gaming is like 24 uh, <laughs> but you know I, I felt like I had more say in where I would be able to go because as a player you could get drafted you know might have to go to the west coast you know, could go midwest you know I'm not sure where where I would be uh where I would be drafted. So when the Wizards offered me, you know, I talked to my my wife at the time, well, fiance at the time, my wife now, and I was just like, hey, you know, we're from Philadelphia, right outside Philadelphia. It's only two hours from DC. You know, that's not a bad thing for, for us to go down there and, and, you know, me to be a part of the Wizards organization. So um, I, I pretty much accepted it on the spot. No, that's nice. That's nice. Mm -hmm. Now, um, obviously, like we mentioned, season three champions. Um, you know, talk about life in D.C. and your journey uh, this past season and winning the, the NBA 2K League Championship. Yeah, so life in D.C., I mean, I love it. I'm like 20 minutes from the, you know, uh, the arena and our practice facility, so can go in almost every day. I know it changed with COVID a little bit, but I, I like being close to, to things, you know. Um, never lived in a city before. So it's a unique experience for me. I, I kind of lived in the suburbs. And then when I went to college, it was kind of a rural college. So it was just like a college downfield. And then coming to the big city, Washington, D.C., one of the biggest cities, you know, in the world, you can you can say what the power has. Um, and being 45 minutes, maybe 45 minute walk to the White House. It kind of it hits you uh, when you walk around here and you get to see the monuments and you get to see, I can see the Capitol building pretty much from my apartment. So it's, it's such a unique experience. And, um, you know, every city is different in what it offers. But, um, you know, I don't think I could uh, manage in a New York City like you. There's, there's too many people and the streets are too, you know, closed together. Uh, but DC, while it does have a lot of people, um, 
you know, there, there's not many buildings. I don't think they allow any buildings taller than the Capitol building. So we don't have skyscrapers here. So it still feels like kind of a homey town feel. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think with season three and, you know, bringing the guys back and, and seeing them, obviously the guys we had previous years, um, you know, they've loved the city. They've embraced it. You know, they found all the, the good spots to eat. You know, they've kind of showed the, uh, the rookies around, as I like to say. Um, but no, I love D.C. It's, it's, it's always going to have a place in my home, and it's my home now. I'm calling it my home for the future, so. Yeah, now, obviously, we always anticipating, you know, well, me, I'm at home in New York, you, you know, anticipating everybody flying in and, you know, seeing each other on the stage and everything like that, then. Uh, COVID hits, and I'm, of course, it impacts everybody a little different. Um, you know, talk about that a little bit and how you dealt with that with your team. Yeah, I think we can, we probably have some similarities and some differences in how COVID affected, you know, each and every team. Um, you know, for us, the biggest thing is when it hit, I mean, it, it was a lot of unknown. You know, what's going to happen? Are we still going to have a season? Um, I actually remember flying out to LA. I think this was January. It was end of January. So it's around the same time uh, as this year. Uh, but last year we flew out to January. I met with like some people from team liquid. It was myself, Andrew McNeil, a director and our business manager, Jordan Zellnicker. Um, we flew out to LA and when we got off the plane, everyone was wearing masks and we're like, oh, wow. what's, what's going on here? It was kind of our first experience. And we weren't sure, you know, were we supposed to be wearing masks or what we were doing? And it was kind of like when COVID was just, you know, getting the tip of the iceberg. It was kind of just um, seeping into American soil. And, you know, it's crazy to think about from that point, you know, once we got home, a couple months passed. And then, you know, the Utah Jazz incident where, you know, that that was kind of really the first shock. It was like, this is real, you know, it, it, it's spreading. Um, and I remember telling our guys, like, you know, we're going to have to go home, stay in your apartments. You know, if you have to order food, order food, go to the grocery store. Um, but we didn't have much direction on other than that, if we were going to be playing or not. And there were probably like two weeks where we locked them down just to make sure everyone was safe. And, you know, I think they were fuming a little bit because they wanted to practice because we didn't know if we were going to have our season or not. And then I, I ended up going into the office one day and literally on packing everything, packing it back up and bringing it to their apartments. So I'm carrying like six, seven computers, monitors, Xboxes, Playstations. Um, and luckily enough, our apartment building, you know, Wi-Fi and internet was good enough for, for them to play there. So that, that helped us out. And, you know, we had two players to an apartment. Um, but yeah, a lot of the season was just us being socially distant, being aware that, that you know, we didn't want to get each other sick. Um, I think a lot of Uber Eats from the guys or Postmates or DoorDash, whatever they used. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was just crazy. And, and then for us to just keep winning and winning and, you know, you could tell at, at times, I'm sure you, you've probably seen it with your team too, the frustration of the guys staying inside all day. Like that just boils down. And I mean, heck it even affected me. Like, you know, it gets to the point where you're just staring at the same walls every day and you're literally like, what's going on? What day is it? Is it Saturday? Is it Tuesday? Um, so it, it kind of wore at us, but the guys were resilient in their, their effort to, to become champions. And, you know, you could kind of see that through our season. Right. Uh, definitely. I mean, uh, I, 
being trapped in an apartment uh, 24 <laughs> hours. I mean, I went out every now and then and got some air. Mm-hmm. Luckily for me, uh, the, the stores was right, right around the corner. Uh, I had wash and fold laundry that was right around the corner and they were like opening up on Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays. So that was about it. Or if I really wanted to get some exercise, I'd walk nine blocks to Target <laughs> and that was it. I mean, so it definitely, it took a toll on me. I mean, when I feel restricted, that I'm less motivated. Uh, mm-hmm. When I can move around the way I want, then, you know, you get more product productivity out of me. Um, you know, season three, you draft JBM. You already have one of the top centers in Day Fry. Uh, I want you to talk about uh, the impact that JBM had and then just coaching and managing uh, JBM and Day Fry and what type of players they are. Yeah. I mean, I like to joke around. Sometimes they coach me, right? It's <laughs> just, <laughs> right, right, you know, right. it is currently. I say that all the time. Yeah. I'll, no, I, I mean, you know, Ryan, you know, we brought back, uh, you know, Dave Fry and we brought back Reese from season two. We felt like we had a good core there. Uh, we lucked out in the draft getting number one. I think we had like a 7% chance to, to jump up to number one. And, um, you know, that, that can be game changing for a lot of organizations to, to go through that experience. And, you know, we were luckily, luckily enough that it happened to us, um, you know, and then we wanted to bring Jack on board and, and, you know, to see his confidence grow throughout the season um, you know, you can really see it, I think, in the, uh, the turn tournament when we played the Jazz and the semis and we were we were down game two and, um, you know, it was the fourth quarter and it looked like, you know, we were ending ending that tournament and going home early. And he kind of took it upon himself to just say, hey, you know, guys, you get me stops and I'll get us buckets somehow. And we came back, ended up winning uh, one game three and then got the got to face the Raptors in the, uh, the championship. And that was a learning experience that we that we brought to the playoffs with, but uh, you know, both those guys are, are highly competitive and they want to win at all costs. And it's almost like when there's, you know, money on the line or, or there's, you know, something else on the line, like they just kind of kick it up into another gear that you may not see in practice every day. I mean, obviously with Ryan, I think you see it every day. Like that guy will compete against anything, you know, right. uh, but still with Jack, you know, when there's something on the line, like he is, laser focused he's ready to go um and i've always felt that 2k is probably very important to have your point guard and center on the same page and for them to be you know some of the best players on the team just because you know you can affect so much as the point guard you're pretty much running the offense and you know the center is a focal point in the defense and helping in rotations and even on offense too but um you know to have a veteran guy like day fry i think was huge for jack to finally be relaxed and see that, hey, I don't have to do everything myself. When the time comes, you know, I can step up, but I also have, you know, Dave Fry there to make plays and and vice versa. And, and you know, Dave Fry had to learn, hey, we got Jack. Jack can make plays himself, so it's not always on me. So it's kind of like a symbolic relationship that they had to learn um, together. But, you know, those guys have been pros through and through, and we're excited to, to get back in season four with both of them at the, at the helm. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, as if we needed this to happen, you know, over the offseason, uh, Jack wins the MVP mm-hmm. at a FIBA uh, championships. Um, I want you to talk about the role that you played on the USA e-national team and then just 
uh, your overall, I'm sure, excitement of uh, Jack leading Team USA? Yeah, I mean, it's a great experience. Um, I mean, FIBA is now involved, Team USA is involved, you're getting all these other countries involved. Um, so, you know, growing 2K to an international stage is just going to be huge for our league, huge for the players, and going to be happier that Jack was selected to Team USA and, you know, ended up absolutely killing it in that tournament. Um, so I was a part of the selection process. It wasn't just me. It was, you know, Black Frank White. It was Jelani from the Jazz, uh, Ariel Powers. Um, and then we had some Team USA people as well to help us out. Um, but, you know, we watched probably two days of, I'd say, 12-hour days maybe of 2K. And we just let the top 30 players duke it out. And we said, hey, whichever ones kind of rise to the top, um, you know, they'll they'll go, they'll move on to the top 10. And then from there, we'll have to make it to seven. Um, and, you know, I, I didn't know how Jack would, would play coming into that tournament, you know, that little two-day kind of event we had. Um, but he absolutely came on fire. Like, I don't think he lost the game the first day. Uh, and the second day, I don't think he lost many games either, maybe one or two. Um, so it was really surprising to see him kick up that, that extra gear like we talked about. Like there was something on the line, a Team USA spot, and he came. And he proved why he was one of the you know best point guards in the league, a champion this year, and um, you know couldn't be happier for him. And to represent Team USA, 2K basketball, it's just a huge accomplishment in itself. And hopefully, we get to the stage where you know these countries are, are meeting together for a tournament, at, you know a big tournament where we're playing the you know, Asia teams, we're playing the European teams, um, South Africa, South America. You know, North American teams are all going to meet up and play together. So that's that's what we're hoping, you know, we can get to one day. I'm definitely, I was, uh, I mean, I was extremely uh, happy to watch uh, everybody uh, rooting on their respective country. Um, obviously, us being a part of Team USA um, through the NBA 2K League and just, I don't know, just watching the game that, that we love evolve. And I think, um, like you mentioned, the day that we see everybody meeting up for an Olympic type of event, uh, I think, it, I mean, it'd be, it's going to be historic. And I, and I believe it's going to happen. Obviously, a lot of things need to happen just uh, to get the world back on track. But I think uh, once we start being able to have events like that, I mean, I think our it, it only helps our esport uh, rise to the top. Um, Outside of gaming in your offseason, what what else has P Cross been doing? Yeah, I think the, the offseason, I mean, you know, people use it in different ways. I think it's one to relax, refocus. You know, it's a great time to learn new skills. You know, I, I like to read, which is kind of surprising. So I, I have all these coaching books, these leadership books, um, some some books, you know, maybe in finance oh, we, too. Oh, we need we need them, <laughs> Pat. Yeah, we we need all of it because right. you know I don't I don't have all the information, you know, and I won't have all the information in the world. So you know, the off season is a perfect time for you to self improve. I feel like, and that's what I try to do. Um, you know, maybe we'll have to make a uh, you know two K league book chat or something where we can uh, you know go over hey, our favorite ones. And... Hey, don't get me. Hey, don't <laughs> don't get me started. You know, we'll, we'll roll with it. Hey, I'm cool with it. I just uh, finished Phil Jackson's book, so that that was very illuminating and what he does. You know, and he did with the Bulls and the Lakers. Um, you know, two teams he coached, and obviously Jordan and Kobe. You know, two great players in but different attitudes but the same goals. So it was kind of unique in how we did. 
Um, so self-improvement is what I, I think is the most important thing. And, you know, scouting, we're still watching games. Um, luckily, we only have to draft two players this year instead of four. So it's a little easier. Yeah. I'm sure you, you know how that is. Like, you know, when you have to draft four players, it's like, well, this guy could fall, this guy, this guy, this guy. And I, you just don't know. Whereas now it's two, you can pretty much say, hey, you know, these guys might be available with our first pick or, you know, even though the third round, you know, we have a kind of a, a list of people we're looking at. Um, but you always want to interview people and kind of see who uh, rises to the top. So um, doing that as well and just, you know, taking care of myself, seeing a dietitian for the first time, um, making sure I'm healthy, you know, COVID safe. Luckily, I haven't tested positive for COVID. So I'm hoping uh, we continue that. And you know, when the vaccine's available, I'm sure I'm at the end of the list. I'll get that as well. But now the off season, I think is just self-improvement and, you know, you always see the best players they will improve in the off season. No, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I mean, I, I typically uh, use it to unwind. I come back home to Ohio, uh, spend time with my brother, mm-hmm. which is we stay in the same apartment building. So that's great. Um, I see my daughter, here and there see my other kids uh but like you just um scouting um anything that has to do with an sgc uh weekly team meetings and the whole nine and uh like i say i mean mainly but just taking the time to relax like i mean that's, that's <laughs> a big thing i mean six months yeah. doesn't seem like a long time but depending on what's going on it can <laughs> seem longer so yep. uh definitely take time to relax the way I look at it, the way I look at it is like we're, we're teachers, you know, when we're in the season, you know, we're pretty much on call all day. So the off season is time for us to kind of relax a little bit and spend time, time with our family. So I joke with my wife because she's a teacher. So like her, she's in season now where I'm, right. I'm kind of in the off season. So we kind of, you know, switch off. Whereas the summer she's, you know, in the off season so she can relax a little bit more. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'd say we're, we're kind of like teachers in a sense. What's su- what subject does she teach? Uh, she's kindergarten. Okay. So you can imagine kindergarten right. in a COVID world. Exactly. I mean, I don't know how she does it, but she, she's a saint for doing it. Definitely. Definitely. Um, you know, I, one of the reasons why I wanted you to come on the show is because people know you, but they don't know you and they don't, you know, you're not the most vocal, uh, among, amongst <laughs> us guys, but definitely I know every time me and you have crossed paths, Nothing but great vibes, great conversation, and just always, uh, at least on my end, giving me something to, to pick up and, and take back with my, you know, to myself and 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 reevaluate reevaluate some things and and learn. Um, you know, I want you know we got the combine coming up, we got you know interviews coming up. You know, what advice do you have for the season four prospect? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I, I think a lot of people are looking for that, especially from, you know, our situations. I'm a little low key, I guess, you know, even on Twitter and stuff, I, I try not to tweet as much because Twitter will get me in trouble. And I'm not trying to, you know, get in trouble. So, um, you know, I think just with advice to the prospects coming in, well, one, the combine is going to be huge. Um, you know, show what you can bring to teams, show that you can be flexible to teams because there might be a time where you have to play another position or play another role. Uh, the teams need and realize, you know, I think we talked about this a little the other night that just pretend that you only have one shot to get in and just go all in on that one shot. You know, this opportunity can't be taken for granted. You know, there have been players in our league who have gotten a shot 
you know, maybe one season and, you know, they, they, don't, they haven't got back in. And for whatever reason, you know, treat it as, you know, you're going to give it your all. You're going to be the best teammate out there. You're going to be the best player you can. You're going to come to practice every day early, maybe leave late, later after practice ends. And, you know, you're just going to be one of the hardest working players in the league. That, that's what we want to see. We want to see people who put in time, not just during practice, but outside the game as well, outside of practice. You know, our players are very good. You know, Ryan watches film all night. Justin, just awkward watches film with him because they're roommates. Um, Deanie would too, because he's been an elite player of the league for a couple of years now. Um, so it's kind of contagious, especially when you see those leaders, uh, you know, step up and they want to, they want to watch film or maybe get some practice in after, after the official practice hours. But, um, you know, you got one shot, just pretend it's your one shot. You go all in and just see what happens. No, I agree. And, um, just before we get to the rapid fire, um, <laughs> just awkward. Um, I like what you, you know, what you've done with them, what Dave Fry's done mm -hmm. with them. When I first met him at the 2K event, um, he was he was so shy and so timid. Like, and now to see him like busting out of his shell and, and, and being confident and, and speaking and everything like that, I was just so so happy for him. I mean, he's a great kid. Um, every time I've talked to him, whether it's been on social media or meeting in person, you know, because he's not too far when I'm in New York. Mm -hmm. um, he's been to all of the events and everything like that. And even comes to, came to the studio and different things like that. So uh, I just big shout out to him for why I love watching uh, these kids grow and mature uh, in the 2K League, you know, based on where they go and how people gravitate to them and really help them develop. So uh, shout out to Awkward. Um, I remember I remember interviewing him. I, I, what was it, season two? Yeah, season two, I was interviewing him. And, uh, you know, he was, like you said, a little timid, a little shy. And it really didn't take to, you know, it took until this year, the past season, for him to grow out of his shell. But he's always been a polite kid. You know, he doesn't curse. He, you know, if something happens, he'll say freak. It's it's so funny. He'll just start <laughs> saying it during the game. Like, he'll mess up and be like, freak, freak, freak. But, uh, you know, for him, especially on our team, he he's kind of, you know, opened himself up over the course of the season and became more vocal with the team, more vocal with the players. Um, you know, we did have a, you know, I wouldn't say it was uh, issues evolving from the team, but uh, there was, you know, I think it was just general COVID stuff going on, and, you know, us not knowing what was going on, but the players kind of hit this point where it was like, there were, there weren't like groups and it wasn't really fractured, but it was just like, you know, we were kind of in the dumps, I would say, even though we were winning. And he actually had a meeting with the players, you know, all the teammates, and, and he brought them together after that. So that was a big moment for him to step up. Um, so like you said, I think being in this position as coaches and, and you know, leaders, we, we love it when we see our players grow and we see them evolve, especially over the years. Um, you know, he's one of the guys that, that evolved for us over the past season and became an integral part of, you know, who we were and our identity as a team. Good. Um, you know, now coming into season four, you know, you're going to have the target on your back and um, yeah. everybody's going to be gunning for you. And I'm sure uh, you'll be ready um, at this point of the show. Uh, this is OG wants to know <laughs> rapid fire questions, answers open and honestly as possible. Uh, starting biggest influence. Uh, my grandfather, John. 
Okay. What motivates you? Uh, I think it's, I want to be successful and I want to create an environment where people to come together uh, for the sole purpose of not themselves, but a team or an organization. So they want to play for something more than themselves and they'll sacrifice that part for the betterment of the team. Okay. Favorite video game of all time? I'll say Halo 3, just because in high school I played that a lot and, uh, you know, had some had some late nights on that. Yeah, I'm terrible. I've always been terrible <laughs> at uh, shooting games. Yeah. I wasn't good. I, you know, it's just one of those things you love to play. <laughs> Favorite sports team? I hate picking one. How do you how do you just pick one, Kurt? Yeah, I'll say name them. Yeah, I'll say Sixers for NBA. I'll say um, UNC Tar Heels for college basketball. Uh, I'm actually a Green Bay Packers fan for you know NFL. And we'll throw baseball in there. Uh, Philadelphia Phillies. You're all the way around the globe. I okay. know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, favorite athlete? Uh, growing up, Allen Iverson. I would say current, Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Uh, favorite actor and actress? And you don't have to just name one. Okay. I'd say James Gandolfini from The Sopranos. Okay. And Tony Soprano. Absolutely love The Sopranos. Great show. Um, it's so hard to pick, Kurt. Throw me on the spot. I'll say James Gandolfini. That, that's pretty much like the pinnacle. You know, I think he absolutely killed it in the Sopranos. And, um, you know, it's hard not to see him as anything but that character. Gotcha. Favorite actress? Actress. Um, I'll go Margot Robbie. Okay. Um, celebrity crush? I'd say also Margot Robbie. <laughs> Still that in there. <laughs> Favorite Don't movie. Oh, definitely won't. <laughs> Favorite movie of all time. Uh, I'll just go super bad. I, I grew up as a kid and uh -huh. that, that was kind of my high school, you know, high school party movie that, that everyone likes to watch. But that's a movie I could literally watch uh 24-7. That's a good one. Uh favorite gaming console. <sighs> it's tough, man. Um say PlayStation 1, just because that was the first console I ever had. So that was kind of my introduction to, to gaming. Now, backstory on that, Throwdown was Xbox. Yes, we were. And then they switched over to <laughs> PS4 and ran the table. Yeah. <laughs> uh, PS, PS4 was sweet at the time, right? <laughs> That's what I like to say. That's why, you know, when you talk about old school, yeah. we don't, everybody wants to say place, you know, new school wants to say PS, I, now we have mm -hmm. PS5, but they want to say PlayStation is superior. And our whole argument was an Xbox team went, went over to PlayStation and took over. And, yeah. and, and at that time that, so it was no argument. Like Xbox was the dominant. Yeah. Uh, I think at the zone. time, you know, Xbox 360 was like literally the, uh, the 2K capital, I would say, like most of the co the competitive players played over there. And it was always like, hey, we're better than you at PlayStation. And, and then you see that happen. It's like, all right, well, they weren't lying. <laughs> what would you be doing if you wasn't doing what you're doing now? Um, so I, had, I went to school, for, uh, college for journalism, public relations. I, I kind of wanted to you know cover the NBA or basketball in general, whether it's college. So I, I think I'd be a, a sports reporter. Um, was doing high school sports reporting before I got this job too, where I would try to work in a, you know, athletic department at a college in the communications department. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, tell everyone uh, how they can follow you and what you do. 
Uh, you can follow me at the Pcross11 on uh, Twitter. You know, I don't tweet too much. I think we, we talked about that. But when I do, you know, feel free to like or share. Um, but for the most part, you know, just follow our guys. Follow Wizards Sister Gaming at WizardsDG on Twitter. Uh, you know, we appreciate all the support, the fans. You know, we got the target on our back, like you said, going into season four. I know you guys are going to be gunning for us, everyone else too. Um, you know, we'd love to go back to back, but we realize that that's going to be a challenge and you know, we're happy to accept it. Definitely. And, and Pat, I just want to thank you uh, for coming on and doing the show. I truly appreciate it. Got to know some things about you that I didn't know. And, and hopefully the audience learn more about you as well. Hey, especially the 2K community, I think is vital that uh, they hear multiple stories from multiple individuals to understand that, you know, we all come from different backgrounds and, and, and different roles to get here, but we're here. So yeah. uh, just thank you for coming on. Well, Kurt, thanks for having me, man. It's uh, it's a blessing, especially what you're doing, you know, giving a voice to, to everyone in the community like you've been doing for years and years before you were getting paid to do this. <laughs> and now you're getting paid to do it. So it's great to see, you know, all of us collectively grow as the years have gone by, but appreciate you, Kurt. All right. Hey, I, you know what? I'd be remiss if I didn't bring this up. Uh, oh, uh oh. You know, a part of uh, some people may have heard this. Some people may have, they probably haven't, but you know, my, the first message that I got from anybody about joining the 2k league when we were still running the NPBA was Kyle Ruby. Now, we had never talked. Of course, we all knew each other, mm -hmm. uh, you know, respectfully for what we were doing. But, you know, this is, uh, I known him as the player. Mm -hmm. Like, this was before the coach. So he had DM'd me, and um, he had told me, he said, Kurt, like, are you thinking about getting in, into the NBA 2K League? I said, I'm going to be honest with you, Kyle. I said, I don't know. I said, you know, we having fun doing what we're yeah. doing. I said, if if it's meant to be, and then it'll happen. And, uh, and, I, and, and he don't know, like I, t I got a chance to tell him, um, mm -hmm. because when I first took over the, uh, in the season, our, which was our first season in season two, uh, we met, uh, at the, they had that championship dinner and Nate, we know Nate went over there. So yeah. we, we went over there and I actually got a chance to tell him that I really appreciated him for reaching out and, and talking to him because we had never had a conversation, uh, prior to that. And uh, I really admire, you know, admire stuff and I don't take anything like that for granted. And he kind of helped motivated me. And then after his message, I got a message from famous, you know, telling me what to do. And then, mm -hmm. you know, boom, some things happen and, and here I am. So, you know, I always pay uh, respect to those who have helped me uh, along the way, whether it was just, you know, encouraging me to do something that I wasn't thinking about or actually help paving the way. Uh, for me to walk down it. So him being a part of the Throwdown Clan, I couldn't, I couldn't miss the opportunity <laughs> of bringing that up. But once again, Pat, thank you for coming on. Thank you, Kurt. Appreciate it. Hey, I want to thank each and every one of you who uh, listened to this episode or whether you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, you can find the OG Two Cents podcast on all major streaming platforms. Uh, make sure you follow the OG Two Cents uh, podcast on on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Follow myself at OG King Kurt on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, you can also visit, visit www.ogkingkurt.com for everything OG King Kurt and the podcast. Uh, also, you see this hoodie I have on. 
Uh, this is from Game Her, uh, owner, founder, Jess Davis. Uh, make sure you visit her website, uh, www.gamer.com. Learn more about what she does, and ha she definitely has some nice uh, merchandise that you may want to purchase. So uh, make sure you visit her site. Uh, shout out to my team, Strider Visuals, Box Graphics, and Cy Evermore for everything that they do to make this show possible. Uh, you can catch me on Esports Extra every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m., uh, where we talk esports and traditional sports. That's what hosts Larry Ridley, the crew, Kelly Wells Brinkley, Antonio Williams, Derwin Rowell, Kevin Mamouzet, um, you know, twitch.tv slash compete forever. Uh, make sure you check that out. Uh, make sure you catch next week's episode. And remember, if it makes sense, it's an OG two cents. OG out. Let's put this work in, fellas. And much, much, much love to the entire 2K community for always showing me love. Without y'all, we wouldn't be here. Yeah. Yeah.